Welcome to Write Stuff Radio, where we showcase Christian authors worldwide. Each week, join me for a new author and a great new book to add to your library. Welcome to The Right Stuff. I'm the Queen Parker J. Thank you so much for joining me. Today, we are going to be talking to my guest co-host and contributor today, Dante Lupinetti. He is the author of hot off the press book called Soul Reader. What if you had the ability to read someone's soul? Now, you may be thinking, oh, that can't possibly be true. But what if it's not a psychic ability, but an ability of the Holy Spirit? What if you really didn't believe in God and you had this type of ability? What would that mean for you? There's so much to this conversation that I cannot wait to tell you all about it in just a few moments. I want to thank you all for your support of my newest release, A Chance for Genevieve. It's available exclusively on Amazon.com. So go ahead and pick up your copy today. As always, we want to thank our Patreon team for their support. We have been showcasing Christian authors worldwide for the past nine years, and as God gives us grace, we'll continue to do so. To find out how you can help out, simply go to patreon.com slash write stuff and see what you can do. And as always, to covet your prayers, to subscribe to PJC Media, simply go to pjcmedia.net, smash your mouse on that pink subscribe button, and you'll never, ever have to miss a show. And so without further ado, I'm going to bring on board my guest today. Dante, how are you doing today? Hi, good to, good to hear from you. And it's good um, to be I'm talking to you too. I'm very excited yes. for this conversation. As Thank you, you already know, I thoroughly enjoyed your book, Soul Reader. And this is mm. book one of so far a three book series. The third book will be coming out um, probably within a year. And I'm really excited yes. to tell people about this story. I really like the story. It's very unique. It has a very unique premise. There's a lot going on. I can't wait to tell our audience about it. But before I do that, I want to peel back the veil and get behind who Dante Lupinetti is. So go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, well, um, I guess from a spiritual point of view, I'm, I grew up Catholic um, and uh, came to know the Lord in college um, through someone who witnessed to me, evangelized to me through the uh, ministry of the navigators in college. And from there, um, my faith grew. I grew in, I grew in the Lord for several years, um, kind of hung around that group. It's a parachurch organization. And um, they poured into my life. I lived with, with uh, after college, I lived with, uh, with different uh, guys in apartments that uh, up until I got married, I uh, met my wife. Um, and so I grew tremendously in the Lord during those years and um, finally got married in 77 and uh, to my wife, Sue. I met her in church and we've been going to this church uh, and, and its uh, denominations for ever since. Um, so my, all my, I have five children. Uh, they've all grown up in the church, all walked away from the Lord and returned to the Lord. You know, as a as a father, um, 
uh, as parents, you know, we saw all of them, you know, pray the prayer to, to receive the Lord and watched them all walk away. And then one by one, they came back, which is a story in itself. But um, my career-wise, um, I uh, began a career in technical writing. I did that for about five years. And um, I always wanted to, to be a writer from an early age. I can remember as early as 10 years old, I always wanted to write. Um, I had a combination of um, artsy kind of background or bent and technical kind of bent. And um, I, I realized that in high school when I started writing uh, when I, in physics class, when I would be interested in things like the electron tube and the electron microscope and electronics and things like that. So I turned that into a career of technical writing and studied electronics for several years. Eventually, I uh, got into um, computers and um, got a, de a second degree. My first degree was in radio, TV, and film. My second degree was in uh, computer science. And I pursued a career, uh, worked in a career for about 40 years, 35, 40 years as a uh, software developer and software engineer. So um, that's, that's my background. Um, actually, that's a very good career for a writer uh, because um, software, there's a lot of similarities coding. You know, I spent my life coding, my professional life coding. There's a lot of similarities between coding and writing. Um, and um, uh, I could go into some of them, but uh, it's, it requires the same kind of discipline. You have to be able to, every uh, uh, programs are not just programs, but they're bigger and they, they get real big and they're like tasks on a computer and they do different things and, and you keep developing them and it's like a story in itself it becomes a story and so it becomes a personality actually that talks with other other tasks in a computer system anyway i won't go, go into too much of that but there's a lot of similarities so i i really enjoyed that kind of thing i'm very analytical very detailed um and when i I retired three years ago. Um, I started writing before I retired, but after I retired, um, I started the Soul Reader series. And um, my first book was a nonfiction book about my my kids, basically. Um, my the next after that, I decided to go fiction. Uh, my kids kept telling me, "You didn't get this right. You didn't get that right." <laughs> okay, that's the last nonfiction book I do about. My family. I said, okay, from now on, I'm I'm going totally fiction. <laughs> and um, so I did. I had several ideas, uh, and I kept floating this one idea around uh, that that eventually became the Soul Reader idea. And um, that was the idea of that we as people we we live in this reality, this world, this world we live in but we really don't see what's going on under the hood, under the covers. And we think that what we see is what we, what we are and what we, you know, what is. And um, we get little intrusions into our life that make us see that, Hey, there is a spiritual side to that. Well, this is, this is what we're seeing is not, is not forever. It's not, it's, it's not eternal. It's not, you know, it's temporary. And 
there's another layer that we that that exists and that's god's layer that's the spiritual and we've been put on the earth in this almost like a matrix kind of a theme you know that we're living in a reality but there is another reality and it's the spiritual reality that underlies everything else and there's there's different things going on in that spiritual world and there are forces of wickedness and there are God forces, and we need to align ourselves with the things of God and with the Word of God in order not to to get into the evil parts of of this this world that exists behind the world of reality that we see. We're definitely going to have you back to talk about that story with your children because mm-hmm. that could be such a heart breaking, heart wrenching thing for any parent to go through. When you raise your children up in the Lord and then of their own decisions, for whatever reason, they leave. But what beauty is there in seeing your children all come back? And so there is a message there that I am pretty sure that we can share with all our listeners. So we'll be definitely having you back to talk about that because that's a story I definitely want to hear as well. And I really like the fact how you said that you're a family man. You enjoy being a family man. And I'm pretty sure when you were probably 10, 12 years old, you didn't think, hey, this would be my life and I would love it. So <laughs> I like how the Lord works things out, particularly I like what you said about the world being layered and multi-layered and there's a reality above our own. And there has been this thought about the digital universe, if we live in a digital mm-hmm. universe. And when people hear that, they think, oh, are you saying that we're in a computer simulation? Yes and no. And so it's very fascinating. And I can see how your programming mind would come to certain conclusions like that. And Mm -hmm. then we have us being the real people. We are real who Mm -hmm. exist in this simulation, but there is the real reality where God lives. and And it punctuates our reality in different ways, how God came from heaven to earth, punctuating our reality to save us. You know, there's a lot to that that we just cannot get into, but it's a fascinating topic. I've talked about that with other guests on this show before. So it's a fascinating topic. With Soul Reader, you have this interesting dynamic of a young man who has the ability to read souls. And this ability to read souls really affects his life in many different ways. But when we first meet him, I almost consider this like Clark Kent going to um, um, Metropolis. And he's coming from Kansas. So mm-hmm. there was that flow for me. Like I kept thinking of Superman while I was there. But in this case, he's not Superman. He's Soul Reader. You know, right, that's, right. His, that's his superhero name, Soul Reader. I'm Zeke, mm-hmm. Soul Reader. So uh, I was thinking about that because I kept calling him a country bumpkin. And he didn't quite understand the dynamics of where he was going. Because right. in Nebraska, it's a country town, much more mm-hmm. closer to Earth. And now you're mm-hmm. in Washington. And it's a government town. Your reputation is everything. Your past is everything. But what's really interesting is that truth is a commodity in government Mm -hmm. towns like Mm -hmm. Washington. So let's talk about Zeke's journey from Podunk, Nebraska, to big city, Washington. Mm -hmm. What's going on for him? How did he even get there? He's kind of of a guy that, that, um, I mean, he doesn't fit the strict image of a Nebraskan. I mean, he's kind of savvy kind of person, intelligent person, but he's grown up in in the church. He's grown up in the country. He's grown up with a in a in a kind of a loving community. And um and he has uh he has some very 
solid background. His solid background comes from his parents. They're they're born again Christians. They're of the Pentecostal uh, flavor. <laughs> um, so you know they believe in a lot of uh, spiritual gifts and a lot of uh, things that the other denominations don't necessarily um, believe in or adhere to. But they love the Lord and his. Uh, they're concerned with his spiritual well-being, and um, so background-wise, he um, he went uh, went to college for for uh, journalism. Uh, he went into the Marines after that, and um, did a few years in the Marines, and uh, got into some things. He he got into some training with uh, demolition and and um, kind of blowing things up. That was one of the areas that he, that he went into or got some experience in. Um, when he came out of the Marines, he, he uh, got a job working in the, uh, for a, a local uh, KOLM, which is a local news and, and or a local radio and, and TV uh, station there in, in, uh, in, in Nebraska. And um, he, uh, he had a speech impediment growing up. So um, he, he looked at himself more as a uh, reporter, a, a um, uh, what do they call a, a, a reporter that kind of digs up stories and an investigative reporter. And uh, so that was his background. And um, he did a lot of community stories, though, working for a, a local newspaper in Lincoln, Nebraska. He wrote a lot for the other because of his, his speech impediment. He did a lot of writing for the other reporters for, you know, the, the talking heads and everything. So they didn't let him go on the air much maybe do a few uh, a few uh, broadcasts, you know, on-site newscasts and stuff like that. But they kept the speaking to a minimum. But, uh, and he was very good at investigative reporting, and the community loved him. Um, so he went, to, from there he got, um, he got an offer to come to Washington, D.C., WJOP. And, I, of course, I modeled that after a famous, uh, radio station, an old news station in D.C. called WTOP, but um, uh, but this was a big break. And in the broadcast industry, one of the main things, because I was I, I majored in radio, TV, and film as, as a college student, undergrad, and um, the first thing I learned was that if you want to if you want to get into the broadcast industry as a news reporter or something, you go to some podunk station out in the Midwest. And you do your time, <laughs> and then maybe you'll get a chance to move up in the rankings. I think D.C. is like in the top ten as far as uh, news, and you know New York and uh, you know L.A. or or probably higher. But D.C. is in the top ten. And so if you're getting an offer to come to a station in D.C., that is a that is the golden ticket, uh, golden ticket to ride. You know, um, so he gets this offer. And so he can't turn it down. You know, he has to take it. Um, and he's hoping that he can somehow get rid of the speech impediment somewhere and go on the air. And he's, you know, he's figured he's he's uh, this is this is the big times for him. This is his big chance. Um, and if he's ever going to make it in in the uh, news business, going to D.C. would be a place to do it. And uh so he he makes the big journey. Uh, it takes the thousand mile trip to uh, Silver Spring, Maryland, where he uh, rents a home and a small house and um, starts his career there and working for WJOP. 
and um, it's uh, he walks into a situation where the the news director is uh, kind of a crusty old guy, you know, um, not that old, but a little maybe like fifty years old, but kind of a crusty guy, um, you know, a a big-hearted guy with a you know, but a uh, a very uh, newsy veneer, very like you know, cigar smoking kind of, uh, you know, abrupt kind of a hard shell kind of guy. And I say that in, in my description of him. A hard, he kind of gives shell. me the impression of Peter Parker's guy from the comics. That's kind of the impression oh, yeah, I got. Right. Right. And yeah. he is very salty, He but he's yes. very direct. And quite yeah. honestly, for, for who he is and how he works, he's actually a very honest character. Yeah. He really is. Now, he may keep things to himself, but then we're talking about Washington, where truth is a commodity that you mm. use to make transactions with. Like you use, it, mm. like you use money to make transactions in yes, this town. Truth a is a transaction. I can give yeah. you this, I can give you this, or I give you a little bit of this. Here's your, it's a buffet. <laughs> so he's actually, probably of all the characters, I really liked him because he yeah. said okay. to you straight, he said, you yeah. may not be able to trust me, but you can trust me that you can't trust me. But mm. if it works to my advantage, it works to my advantage. He really is all mm. about self. And I can appreciate that about yeah. Harvey. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he kind of puts it right yeah. there on the table when you first meet mm. him. And that's why he makes a very colorful character. Mm-hmm. And for Zeke, coming from Nebraska, he does have a different flavor than what they would consider that. But they still call him in the book a country bumpkin. And mm. um, until he starts to get a handle of how things work in, um, in, 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 the, in town. So you were talking about his background with Zeke, but he also has this ability. And that ability is the ability to be able to read souls. And so yeah. when he comes on board, the first thing they have him do is go try to debunk a very famous televangelist. Yes. And for me, I was very happy. The first person that came to mind when I saw the televangelist's name was, it was his name is Fernando Dollar. I saw mm-hmm. Creflo Dollar, and I saw Benny Hinn. So I said, this is a perfect I amalgamation. I probably oh, you're shouldn't fine. have done that. You're fine. No one's, it's not like Creflo's going to read your book, okay? If he does, great. If he, abso- if he does, absolutely great. You know what I mean? But um, mm-hmm. And I'll keep my thoughts quiet on Creflo Dollar. But anyway, but... At the same time, uh, the first thing they have him do in this assignment, this is his first assignment, is go check out this guy. And I like how you said he has his stuttering problem, because that kind of comes out right away. And then he goes see him. Why is this, what happens in this part of the story is that the the televangelist who supposedly spouts truth is, is defrauded. But it's the way he's defrauded that I found really interesting. So you have this... This, this first assignment here, and it's not really a spoiler because it happens like, what, the first couple of chapters of the story, right, so it's not right. really a spoiler. But what happens to Zeke is what I found more fascinating. So he goes to the televangelist. What happens to Zeke? Um, this is my inciting incident, by the way. <laughs> um, the, the Going to the televangelist is the inciting incident, which sets his life, Zeke's life, on a whole nother tra- trajectory. And it really is the the thing that, you know, kind of goes through all the future novels, the series with him. It's that ability that or that skill or gift that he's given that sets his life in in a different plateau altogether. Um, so he goes to uh, the televangelist and um, 
he's really looking at this as a a way to um, bring down the televangelist and um, as kind of a, a tricky way to, you know, like like his, his boss Harvey tells him, you know, it's, you know, it's a win-win situation. If, if the guy heals you of your stuttering, well, then, you know, you're healed of stuttering. And, you know, we'll, we'll talk about getting you on the air. If he if he doesn't, then we, we've been after this guy for a while. A lot of people really can't stand this guy. We we can pin him down as a fraud. So um, when uh, when he slays him in the spirit, so he's in a in a healing meeting and he and he slays him in the spirit. Um, Zeke gets up off of that, and I try to describe it in a way that would be uh, very realistic. Um, but he gets up off of that off the floor, and he doesn't have his stuttering anymore. But more importantly, or un- and unexpectedly. He he grabs the he grabs the um, Fernando Dollar's hand and he's able to see things about him and his spiritual condition that uh, the the uh, televangelist never expected and um, he asks some reasks some some questions that he asked him before the uh, before the healing session about his um, about his uh, how much money he's made and I forget one other question and Fernando Dollar has to answer those truthfully and he's holding on to Fernando Dollar's hand and while he's got his hand and he's looking him in the eye he has to answer truthfully and so he answers it truthfully and he finds out Zeke finds out that hey this guy is definitely not who he claims to be and he's he is a fraud. His healings are fraudulent. His he's he's really after the money, and he's kind of, and he's revealed. So he's he's revealed in a in a miraculous or supernatural way. And they have this thing on tape. They have this thing on video. And Fernando Dollar is signing a, a release agreement and everything. So they walk out of there. They they you know they they uh, hoof it out of there quickly because they have a story on this guy that this is really going to really going to have an impact and, and could ruin his reputation. Um, and so this sets off the, the whole story. This sets off the, the basically this part of Zeke's life or career where, where he starts to become kind of famous. And it's like, Oh, you know, the, the network that he's working for notices him. Uh, there's people that want to talk to him and he gets, you know, he gets picked up by the the, the uh, CBS, the network in New York wants to BlackRock wants to talk to him and and uh, they want to interview him and what what is this ability you have? Well, let me you know, stop you there, Dante, because what will happen? You'll give more and more of the story because this event literally juxtaposed, well, not juxtaposed, jumps the rest of the action and the story really starts to pick up from this event and mm-hmm. it literally changes Zeke's life. It changes mm-hmm. his life on a material level. It changes his life as far as his thought processes about people and learning about people. But it also changes his life on a spiritual level. And one mm-hmm. of the significant parts of this whole story is the fact that he's able to see the condition of the soul mm-hmm. and where the power or the ability comes from. And those are really some of the juggernauts of the story as you mm-hmm. as the reader reads it. So I don't want to give away too much information because like mm-hmm. I said, it it, re- it really reads very fast, very fast paced and 
your style of writing, like I was telling before we started recording, it's very, it's a very, get straight to the point, get straight to the facts. And it's very uh, blunt and it's there, which makes for good reading because you get to know what's going on. You're following Zeke's journey of disability that he has. He meets really interesting people. He discovers more things and it leads up to this very exciting conclusion toward the end of the novel. And so you have these themes about truth. You have themes about forgiveness. You have themes about the spiritual warfare. You have themes. Lots of themes are going on in this book. Lots of themes are going on. So Dante, as you already know, I really enjoyed reading Soul Reader and already I'm going to be getting the second book in the series. And I just want to know, I know I've enjoyed it, but what has the reader's response been to the story as well? The reader's response has been really, really very good. I, one thing everybody says, they say it's a fast read. And I, I like that. I'm very glad they see it as a fast read. My books come in at about 55,000 words. So they're not extremely long. They're novel length, but they're not extremely long. And um, I like the, fa- the fact that it's a fast read. I try to market my books as Christian thrillers and um, Christian supernatural thriller. So that's one of the comments they make, that it's a fast read and that you won't be bored. And um, a lot of people like the faith-based emphasis of the book and the multi-layered aspect of things. I didn't realize when I was doing it of the multi-layered aspects of things that I built into the story, but it's just more, I think those came about just because of my writing style or my way, my process of going about it. It's almost like I don't rush my writing, which is probably, I write slow, which is probably not a good thing, but I have a lot of thoughts about it as I'm going through. So it comes out multi-layered ways and I'm trying to explore biblical truth through story. So I'm always looking for a way to introduce a a spiritual lesson, not not really a lesson, but a spiritual theme. And I don't want to be preachy. And that's another thing too that people mention is not preachy, because I thought, well, I'm going to write about the things of the Lord and things of scripture and the truth of scripture without being preachy. And it's, you know, one of the ways I, I say this is and you'll see it in my second book. When you have demons <laughs> revealing spiritual truth, <laughs> that I mean, that's pretty unusual. So um, it's fun for me to bring out spiritual truth. And I think of a scripture and, and I'll, I'll put it in there when after after the, the, the scene has come and then I'll put a scripture in there. It says, OK, this is why this is what this is. This is what this is about. But people have, have alluded to that. They they. Um, they look at it as definitely as Christian fiction. Um, I need to probably um, identify more of my genre, get more on genre. That's one of the things I want to do in the future. But the, the response has been very positive. The reviews have been very positive. Um, and, um, you know, it, it's so I'm, you know, I'm glad for the reviews. The reviews have been one. And Peter, Peter Young's husband has been like, I just, I was totally blown away at this review. I just couldn't believe it. I said, this guy, this guy gets what I'm trying to do, you know, because I believe my own self, in my own self, that that I'm called to write, that this is a calling I have from the Lord, and I really believe that in my heart. I'm not just, you know, this is not something I'm just like dabbling at, a hobby or something like this. It's my deep why is that I'm 
exploring biblical truth and revealing the things of the Lord through story. And of course, the Lord Jesus used parables and story, and it's a it's the excellent way to get through to people get under the uh, intellect, through the intellect to people's lives where they they just read something and and then they're stunned about something like, oh, you know, I, I like that. You know, when somebody is like, oh, I didn't think of it that way. That I love that. Anyway, that's that's uh, the reviews have been excellent. We're at the end of our show today, and I really, really enjoyed having you today, Dante, as you already know. If people want to get in contact with you, where can they find you online? Um, they can find me on um, my uh, Facebook page and Facebook group, my Soul Reader group. Um, the links are in the book. Uh, you can, and please sign up for my email list in my book, in the ebook, and also in the paperback book. Um, there are uh, there are links to my uh, newsletter uh, and to my um, Facebook page and my Facebook uh, um, group. And uh, I'm later on I'll be putting up a website, but right now I don't have a website. Well, hopefully you'll rectify that soon because I am a big stickler for authors having websites or some kind of media presence online. So. I'm going to encourage you to get that up as soon as you can. <laughs> so okay, okay. I'm definitely going to do that. So okay. in the few moments that we have left, we don't have a lot of time. I want you to encourage our authors out there whom God has given the gift to write to pick up the pen and do so. Mm, okay. Yeah. I, you know, I can't say enough, you know, um, I can't think of the, the, the verse itself, but it, it says, you know, let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story. I think as believers, we should be telling our story, and we should have influence into the media around the world, and we should be out there telling our stories. And the Lord has given us given us stories to tell, and and we should be out there telling it. The world is telling their story, and it's not a good one. But we need to speak out on behalf of our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and 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 His wonderful salvation. And we need to be telling people this, not being ashamed of the gospel, you know, being out there, you know, it's it's the power of God for salvation. And people need to know that at all kinds of levels. And we need to be speaking it. And I want and feel that I think you need to know your why as a writer. And if your why is just, you know, to make some money or do your or fame or something, that's not a great why. If your why is is you're calling before the Lord, you, you feel called to write a book or or a lot of books or series, then please do it because the Lord wants that. You know, He wants you out there. That's one way of sharing the gospel and sharing the good news. So keep at it. Don't don't you know? Don't quit. That's the big thing. Don't don't quit. And Dante, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for those wise words. I'm just so excited to have you on the show today. And I cannot wait to have you back and have you back real soon. Thank you. Thank you. I really enjoyed this. I appreciate this. And, uh, you know, I'm glad to talk. I'm, I'm. Thank you for wanting to have me back at another time. I very much appreciate that. Well, you can definitely count on it. So I'm really looking forward to that. And to our listeners, we just finished having our conversation with Dante Lupinetti. He is the author of the Soul Reader series available on Amazon.com or wherever books are sold. So make sure you go ahead and pick up your copy today. 
What I really enjoyed about Dante's book that I said earlier in the broadcast is the unique idea of having, quote unquote, a superhero with a divine gift, the gift to read souls and how he uses that. Whether he uses it for good or bad is something you have to find out in the story. But the whole idea that if God gives us a supernatural ability, what are we going to use it for? If God has given you the gift to write, then go ahead, pick up the pen and write stuff. Thank you so much for joining me for this edition of The Right Stuff. I'm the Queen Parker J. You have a wonderful, absolutely glorious, blessed day.